The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to Good Morning New York Real Estate with Vince Rocco. Our show is all about the exciting world of real estate, and in particular, how it relates to the lucrative New York market. But if you're not planning a real estate transaction in New York, we still have plenty of information that you can use no matter where you are. Now, here's your host, Vince Rocco. And a good morning to all of you. Welcome to Good Morning New York. I'm your host, Vince Rocco. I'm thrilled to be with you this morning and every morning for the next 13 weeks. On our show, we will tackle everything real estate. This program will give you a good sense of what real estate in New York City is all about. In the next several weeks, we're going to talk uh, about topics such as staging and interior design. Why is this important to a sale? Why do sellers fight us on this all the time? And believe me, they do. Uh, We're also going to talk about um, financial advice and legal advice for buyers and sellers, two important people in the deal that you can't really complete without. The actual process of buying an apartment in New York City, what are the steps? And there are steps and criteria. We will look at the profile of the buyers and the sellers and the investors. All three are very different and with different agendas. We're going to talk about the value of renovations and the real story behind the scenes of every project. New condo developments are once again the rage in New York City. We will discuss why, where should you be looking. The rental market is hot. Should you purchase or lease? This is a big question for most. And how do you convert real estate transactions or deals, as we call them, into meaningful and lasting relationships? Finally, how has social media changed the face of real estate around the nation? This is a hot topic these days, and we're going to spend a whole segment on that in the next couple of weeks. We're going to talk about the national marketplace as well. Where are the hot markets? What are the hot trends? And who are the top local agents in these markets? But let me just remind you that this show is very interactive, so please call in your questions at 866-472-5788, or you can email me at vrocco at bluerealtygroup.com. That's vrocco at blurealtygroup.com, or you can tweet me at Vince Rocco. So to get started, let's talk a little bit about me and what I've done and where I've come from. I've spent the last 13 years working in New York City real estate. I've had several different career paths prior to real estate, starting with teaching school right out of college. Uh, That lasted for a year when I decided to move into the world of corporate America. I worked in technology sales for many years at IBM and other tech companies until I realized that I wanted to make real estate a full-time profession, and I've never looked back. Before becoming an agent, though, I was buying and selling uh, apartments as a hobby, renovating them, moving in and out, and never staying in one place more than a year. Boy, that was a hectic seven or eight years. (laughs) Trust me. This was a great business model, though, because I was making money, so I decided to make this a career and left my corporate post and big earnings. Everyone, including my accountant and financial advisor, thought I lost my mind. How can you do this? I can, you can't even remember how many times I heard that. So far, though, I've sold in excess of $350 million in real estate. I think I made the right choice. Now, in order to become successful in real estate, though, you have to be dedicated to delivering quality service to your clients. You have to get personally involved in every detail of the deal and work 24 by 7. That's right, 24 by 7. My approach is straightforward, and I'm known for my integrity and flexibility while working with people. 
To be successful, you have to cultivate strong relationships that last a lifetime. This is a referral business, so you really need to cultivate very strong relationships. I pride myself on having uh, an extensive knowledge of Manhattan and its neighborhoods, and I love this business. I love New York City. I really believe that I don't sell apartments. Rather, I sell a lifestyle, and that lifestyle is Manhattan living. So enough about me. Let's talk about uh, what's on the show today. At the top of the day, we're going to catch up on some news stories. We have hot topics that are real estate related. Uh, We're going to open the program each week with this topic. Um, Today, we're talking about the luxury market. It's robust, it's very active, and it's breaking all records in New York. What are the wealthy people buying in New York City today? I'm going to talk to some uh, local brokers who are very successful in their uh, professions, uh, and we're going to talk about how booming this market really is and get some experts' uh, opinions. You know, to most people, Manhattan has become an outrageous real estate market. It's the town where a sky-rise condo unit just sold for $50 million. And it was only that cheap because it was raw space, meaning it still needs to be built out. But to the global rich, New York City is a bargain. We will see why later. With that said, New York actually comes in number six in global markets behind Monaco, uh, Hong Kong, London, Singapore, and Geneva. Very interesting. But Manhattan's market is hotter and more insane than ever. In fact, it's the quickest it has been with a 30% climb in deals from this time last year and the most sales transactions since the pre-Lehman collapse in 2008. Inventory continues to decline with about 22% less than the same period a year ago. And for the record, the average price of a Manhattan apartment is now a million five, and the median price is $880,000. If you live in Manhattan and are about to re-up your lease, you might want to um, listen to this. According to a recent quarterly report, vacancy rates are edging up in the borough. The apartment vacancy rate is now 1.74%, up from 1.38% the same time last year. Prices started to soften and vacancies started to rise to the point where rent prices were uh, were something tenants were having issues with. So if you've managed to save um, a down payment, you could make your accountant very happy and buy something. It is a tax deduction after all. But as we said earlier, if you look at the inventory, there aren't that many properties on the market, causing lots of competition and driving prices up and into bidding wars. We're going to talk a great deal about that in the next coming weeks. Did you know that $15.4 billion, which is 38% of total New York City taxes collected, is from the real estate industry. These taxes could pay the city's entire share of salaries for teachers, police officers, firefighters, sanitation workers, correction officers, with about $2.3 billion left to fully fund numerous city agencies. That's something else. Unbelievable. Here's something. You know, many people ask me um, throughout my week, what is a pied-à-terre? Any guesses? Well, they are what we call part-time residents for individuals that don't live in New York City full-time but want a place to call home when they are here. Most pied-à-terre buyers are foreign, high-net-worth Americans, and these can be found in famously expensive buildings, trophy buildings, or your regular run-of-the-mill apartment house. They are not permanent homes and are only used when the owners are in town. But keep in mind that most New York City buildings, like co-ops, don't allow these types of purchases. We're going to talk more about this later on when our panel comes on because a lot of these um, wealthy buyers buy pied-à-terres for investment purposes, not to rent, but just to have when they come into town. Here's a story worth mentioning but hard to believe. (laughs) A New Jersey couple is suing a pair of, quote, horny realtors, their words. They say intentionally listed their Wayne home at $650,000 above market value so that it would stay empty and available for the agents to have sex in. But – 
what the agents didn't know is that the home had security cameras which filmed them doing the deed. When the homeowner saw the activity, she called the police. When the police arrived, they found the male agent pulling up his pants. Whatever. You can't write this stuff. Unbelievable. <laughs> anyway, best-selling author Michael Gross has a new book out that talk takes on one of the most prestigious buildings in all of Manhattan, 15 Central Park West. Ever hear of that place? Well, the book is called House of Outrageous Fortune, and it offers an inside look at the influential roster of owners at the building, from hedge fund managers to TV personalities and sports icons to corporate CEOs. According to the author, the appeal of this building is to, quote, own the ultimate trophy. Own the ultimate trophy. Now, that says it all. In fact, uh, late last year, I rented an apartment in this building to a good client of mine for $55,000 per month. It's a stunning four-bedroom, five-bathroom, Central Park-facing unit. This apartment will eventually sell for 28 to $30 million. Unbelievable. Anyway, <clears throat> according to The Real Deal, a very popular online service and magazine that deals with everything in New York real estate, they say that while the polar vortex put the chill on New York City last month, the Hamptons real estate market was just warming up. You are going to see a very strong first quarter in the Hamptons market and throughout 2014. The playground for the rich and famous has had its ups and downs, but all seems to be fine lately. In fact, actress uh, Scarlett Johansson reportedly just paid $2.2 million for a home in Amagansett, while Fox News anchor Bill O'Reilly purchased an historic home in Montauk with plans to tear it down and build a larger one. The teardown syndrome is still all the rage. The most expensive East End listing currently on the market is called Villa Maria. The 22,000-square-foot Southampton house is owned by fashion entrepreneur Vince Camuto, and he is asking $69 million for it. Actually, Camuto also sold his Walden Manor home in Southampton at the end of last year for a reported $75 million. This property was the most expensive home ever sold in the Hamptons. Just crazy, crazy prices. Well, speaking of celebrity transactions right back here in Manhattan, Ronan Farrow, Mia Farrow's son and new MSNBC host, just purchased his first home on Manhattan's Upper West Side for $1.5 million. It's at 225 West 60th Street, and it's a two-bed, two-bath. I know that building well. I sold the entire building uh, of 80 apartments back in 2006 when it was a brand-new condo. So, Ronan, good luck. I know you're going to have fun living in that building. Former NFL defensive end and co-host of Kelly and Michael on ABC, Michael Strahan, sold his 1,911-square-foot home in Tribeca for $2.3 million. Strahan purchased and planned to renovate the space but never got to do it and sold it to an undisclosed buyer. He paid $1.66 in 2008. Rock star Bon Jovi, John Bon Jovi, there's my guy, recently took his $40 million Mercer Street penthouse off the market but was spotted, spotted checking out a new place on Lafayette Street. Stay tuned for more details on that. Uh, new NBC late-night host Seth Meyers, yay Seth, and his wife paid $3.5 million for a condo in the West Village. It's located at 302 West 12th Street. It is complete with a wood-burning um, fireplace. Uh, Cameron Diaz just scored a condo at Walker Tower. The apartment at 212 West 18th Street was priced between $9.25 and $9.65 million. We're still trying to get a handle on the actual selling price of that. She is leaving the West Village and joining friends Katie Holmes and Nicole Kidman in the Chelsea neighborhood of Manhattan. And here's the last one. Rolling Stone guitarist Keith Richards finds shelter in a $10.5 million Fifth Avenue penthouse. The building, 1 Fifth Avenue, is a storied building in Greenwich Village and home to many high net worth individuals. I'm still trying to figure out how we passed the board of that building. Go Keith Richards. Anyway, we need to take a break, uh, but we're coming back. We're going to talk to our panel of guests. 
uh, top agents in their field to discuss the luxury marketplace here in New York. So don't go away. We'll be right back. But first, this is Good Morning New York on the Voice America Variety Channel. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com. Put Blue Realty Group to work for you. Blue Realty Group is a full-service luxury real estate brokerage firm in Manhattan. With our global reach, unrivaled marketing capabilities, and veteran team, Blue serves some of the world's most exclusive and high-profile buyers and sellers. Visit us today at BlueRealtyGroup.com. At Blue Realty Group, we feel that people matter and results count. Our mission with you is to meet and deliver expectations to drive the results you want. We're ready now. Visit BlueRealtyGroup.com. That's B-L-U-RealtyGroup.com. Stimulating talk gets those synapses in the brain inspiring really fast. All the time. The number one Internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com. You are listening to Good Morning New York, Real Estate with Vince Rocco. If you want to call into the program, we're toll-free in North America at 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. Or send an email to vrocco at bluerealtygroup.com. That's vrocco at blurealtygroup.com. Now, back to the show. Hey, uh, welcome back, everybody. So um, <clears throat> we have our panel with us, but before we get to them, I just want to set this up. Since the start of the year, we've seen a number of records broken in New York City as we're talking about the luxury uh, marketplace. Despite the terrible January and February winter weather, the New York City real estate market has been has seen rather a meteoric rise in luxury purchases. For example, the sale of a $50 million condo at Chelsea's uh, walking, Walker Tower set a new record for the highest priced apartment ever sold downtown. The biggest problem is that there is a little bit of inventory to choose from. These buyers are a combination of high net worth Americans and foreign buyers. The foreign buyers have a lot in common, but but very specific in what they look for. They're attracted to New York because taxes are lower and down payments are not as expensive as in competing cities like London or Hong Kong. Let's talk about the Chinese, for example. In midtown Manhattan, a new crop of luxury skyscrapers is rising, and many of the prospective buyers are wealthy Chinese who can pay in all cash. At a time when the Chinese government is discouraging lavish displays of wealth in the country's property laws and high tax rates on real estate are dampening investments at home, a growing number of high-end Chinese buyers are looking to snap up trophy apartments in New York City. New York City's real estate is seen as a safe haven to these folks. The apartments function as a collar investment that might protect holdings against the negative effects of Chinese monetary policy. Meanwhile, New York City developers seem to be catering to the wealthy Chinese buyer by reportedly installing wok kitchens, for example, which feature powerful exhaust fans to absorb the fumes generated by heavy oil cooking, for example. Perhaps most notable among these developments is 157, a new 90-story tower on overlooking Central Park. Several full-floor apartments have already gone into contract with Chinese buyers, one reportedly for $50 million. I will say from experience that these buyers are extraordinarily knowledgeable and they do their homework. Here are some statistics before we talk to our panel. Um, what Some recent sales. 144 Dwayne Street, uh, $43 million sold. 18 Gramercy Park South, $42 million sold. 
41 East 70th Street, $32 million sold, and 607 Hudson Street, $29.8 million sold. We're going to talk to um, three agents this morning. Niall Lundgren, he is the president at Dalian Realty, and he focuses on new development marketing, luxury sales, and investments. His team is currently in the midst of a massive marketing and leasing project located in the East Village. He brings a dynamic energy and passion to New York City real estate like no other. Parul Brombat serves as a very seasoned agent for Core Group Real Estate and has many years' experience. She is a member of their million-dollar circle at her firm and part of the top 1.7% of brokers in the country. She is well-versed in the sales of co-ops, condos, and townhouses. She is known for her sharp negotiation skills. And Justina Zika comes from a long line of real estate entrepreneurs. She is a native of Poland and has lived in Australia learning her, where she learned rather her strong business skill. Justina is also an excellent negotiator, which helps her navigate through the luxury marketplace with ease. Welcome, guys, and thank you for joining us this morning on this very cold New York Monday morning. Thank, thank you so much, Ben. Hi, how are so, you? I'm pretty good. Um, so, Justina, let me start with you. So, well, while the overall market is on fire, you know, New York is quickly becoming a tale of two markets, the soaring condo market and the lackluster co-op market. Why is that? Um, I think one of the main reasons is um, condos obviously attract the most foreign buyers, which is what we're seeing now. They're easy to, um, the process is much easier than going through the co-op board. Um, and also as an investment, obviously it's easier to rent out for a lot of these foreign buyers um, if they're not using these um, establishments as, or rather these condos as pied-à-terres. Um, so, Obviously, that's one of the main reasons why condos are surging very quickly ahead of co-ops. Yeah, I, I agree with you. You know, I remember the days when I first started in the business, and again, that's about 13 years ago. I think the split was 80-20, you know, 80% co-op, 20% condo. I'm not quite sure exactly where that is now, but I'd be willing to bet it's probably about 60-40. Um, and um, you're... Last time I checked, I think it was a little bit closer to 70-30. Um, but I think with all of the developments on the west side, that's that's going to be quickly changing in the upcoming years. Right. Parul, what is the profile of the luxury and high-end buyer today? We see so many people coming, coming through this town, you know, uh, wanting to purchase from all over the place. But what, what's what's the, the, the profile of the luxury uh, wealthy person that you're seeing in your business these days? Um, well, as you mentioned, um, right now it seems to be, in fact, the foreign buyer who is, uh, or foreign buyers in general that are really creating such an uptick in the market. Um, obviously, Manhattan's always been a stronghold for uh, luxury buyers, whether they be investment bankers, fashionistas, um, publishing houses traditionally as well. Um, however, what you're really in celebrities, but um, it seems that since I would say about 2010 to 2011 and onwards, really most of the buyers that we are seeing is not only Chinese, but also uh, we're seeing a lot of Brazilians, um, Russian buyers as well. South America in general tends to be pretty strong. And um, it seems that the reason for this is obviously because, um, as you had mentioned, uh, if we compare the New York market to London, Hong Kong, even Singapore, uh, in many ways, uh, our market is, is, is still in comparison cheaper than these, these foreign locations and as a result, a very attractive purchase, whether it be just to get money out of 
uh, the respective countries that the buyers are coming from, but also because of the fact that the price point here is very much more attractive in comparison. Yeah, I I, I agree. Um, So is it safe to say, and I think the answer is yes, that the the foreign and international buyers are really pretty much driving this um, super fast marketplace, especially in the condo developments like, you know, we we mentioned earlier 157. I mean, that place sold out, uh, you know, it seemed to me in months. Um, What's your thought about that? Well, I would say that uh, not only in the super high-end market um, where we're looking at 1 West 57 or 737 Park Avenue or Walker Tower on 18th Street downtown, um, but uh, also what I'm seeing is um, just whether even, even if we look at some of the more pioneering markets, I recently just sold out, um, well, we have one more apartment to sell at 1280 Fifth Avenue, which is uh, also known as One Museum Mile, designed by Robert A.M. Stern. Uh, what we are seeing is whether it's that sort of a pioneering uh, building in a neighborhood where there just seems to be opportunity uh, for for a lot of growth. Uh, we really do. I mean, it's, it, I think the important notion is that we need to sort of take the luxury buyer slash investor and sort of break them down into subcategories because uh, within the luxury market, I think that there are the the people who are actually living in Manhattan and looking for what I would consider to be a vertical neighborhood. So when we look at the sales in buildings like 1 West 57th Street, what we're really seeing is the buyers in those buildings are trying to essentially live in a neighborhood that is vertically amongst people who they would like to associate themselves with. I was going to see that. Sorry, go ahead. No, I was just going to ask uh, any any of you. You know, do you see that these these folks are actually buying to live in, or you know, buying as pied de as I mentioned earlier, or a combination of of all of the above investment properties? I mean, I've sold to to many foreign uh, nationals and and primarily um, for investment pur- uh, purposes. Um, problem there, you know, they can't seem to get the rate of return that they're looking for, so that seems to be you know kind of drying up just a little bit. But yet the purchases are still happening. What do you think about that? You know, I would say that in general, a lot of the the foreign buyers that are that are that I'm seeing at least um, are just looking to get cash out of uh, the respective countries, whether you know be some of the the German, um, Russian, or Chinese clients that I'm that I'm working with. They're all looking in, to be using the property as a pied de terre, for example. Um, they don't necessarily want to rent it out. Uh, they right. just want to have a place in New York City uh, where they can come. And, uh, and use it every once in a while. So not necessarily where they can get cash flow from the rental, but simply as a pied-à-terre. Yeah, strictly pied-à-terre. Yeah, also, I mean, it seems to be that the focus is very much about uh, creating a safe haven for, for the money um, that they have uh, sitting in these other respective countries for various reasons, depending on which market we're focusing on. Uh, so really, I think it's very much about recognizing that New York is a very safe market to have an actual tangible asset in. I yeah. agree with that. And, and just to, to piggyback off what, what you were saying, um, I've been seeing, uh, especially in the news, a number of uh, you know, Middle Eastern buyers coming in, especially um, Arab states with quite large sovereign wealth funds. And I mean, you had the I believe the purchase on the Upper East Side of the the townhouse by Qatar, and it was uh, 100, 100 million, I think. 
Um, so a lot of these countries are coming in to, to place money in safer havens, especially if they're in, in areas of political and economic volatility. Well, I wanted to ask you about uh, that. Actually, um, thank you for the setup. I, you know, rumor you hear rumor lately that there are a lot of people from the Ukraine, uh, you know, scoping out properties here in New York City for just that reason: political unrest, monetary concerns. Have you guys seen any of that uh, or heard any of that uh, in your businesses these past couple of weeks? I haven't heard that so much from Ukraine. I mean, um, there, there. New York has always been a haven for, for Russian buyers, but I imagine that you know there's also a lot of capital tied up in Ukraine, and considering the, the volatility there, there's going to be a lot of capital flight to, to safer havens, whether it's um, in London or New York. Um, so I, I imagine that that will be happening. Um, it's been happening with other countries. I think one of the reasons that Chinese buyers are also coming um, to New York is we have to remember it's a, it's a communist government. You know, there's um, there's a lot of uncertainty in their economy as well as their political system. So they want a safer haven for, for the funds, and I imagine that will happen with Ukraine as well. Okay. Um, so let me ask you a question. Um, this is for anybody here. How do you find your buyers, whether they're, you know, the high net worth um, wealthy individuals or just, you know, uh, I guess normal <laughs> people with normal uh, money to buy apartments? Where in this very competitive city that we live in and this very competitive profession that we work in, where do you find your buyers? How do you go about doing that? Um, I feel that uh, one of the, the greatest blessings of being in the business for a few years uh, tends to be uh, referrals. Um, I feel that whether it is that in your in your first years as a broker, whether you're serving a client who's buying a studio or whether it is a multiple-million-dollar apartment, it is about treating every client that has consistently come across your path with respect and and just building great relationships. Uh, and, uh, it, you know, the sources tend to vary. Um, personally, for me, being of, um, of Indian heritage, um, I feel that one of my natural footholds in the international market specifically has been um, just having, having those relationships, not just nationally but also internationally. Um, uh, Indians have the highest per capita income in the country, so it's very helpful to then using that, utilizing that network for referrals, whether it be from London, from Hong Kong, from Singapore, Dubai, and of course India. Yeah, and I think to piggyback off of that, I completely agree with the fact that you would treat every client, you know, um, very, very well in order to get referrals. You know, the way that I see it is I treat literally everybody in New York, every relationship that I encounter, whether I'm on um, grabbing a grabbing a taxi on the subway, you know, in the in the supermarket, there's potential because um, you never know who you're going to run into in New York City. Um, so that's a big thing, just treating everybody with respect and then leveraging and building relationships off of that. I mean, I think besides you know just being in New York, uh, events, going to whether it's uh, philanthropic events uh, or other um, types of events, those are those are big just for networking and, and meeting people and establishing. Uh, basic relationships that can evolve over time. And then based on and, and all of that, I think travel is also very important. You know, I, I try to make um, uh, very strategic moves in, in where I travel and when I travel in order to be in situations where I'm, you know, uh, being in, in, in front of high net worth individuals. Guys, I'm going to have to stop you right there, but please stay tuned. We're going to come right back after this commercial break. I want to continue with a few more questions uh, and, and your thoughts. Uh, we have to go to break. We'll come right back, uh, so don't go away. 
Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio, voiceamerica.com. Put Blue Realty Group to work for you. Blue Realty Group is a full-service luxury real estate brokerage firm in Manhattan. With our global reach, unrivaled marketing capabilities, and veteran team, Blue serves some of the world's most exclusive and high-profile buyers and sellers. Visit us today at BlueRealtyGroup.com. At Blue Realty Group, we feel that people matter and results count. Our mission with you is to meet and deliver expectations to drive the results you want. We're ready now. Visit BlueRealtyGroup.com. That's B-L-U-RealtyGroup.com. Do you know that over 70% of Americans with severe disabilities are unemployed? Are you one of the 2.5 million Americans with epilepsy? If you are or know someone struggling with these issues, tune in to Disability Matters with Joyce Bender. On the show, Joyce will discuss these issues as well as others. She will have on nationally known guests that will offer helpful insight on disability matters and let you, the listener, call in with your questions and concerns. So if you struggle with a disability or know someone who does, listen to Disability Matters with Joyce Bender. Heard every Tuesday at 11 a.m. Pacific Time here on VoiceAmerica.com. Voice America Network proudly presents the Catherine Zox Show for women, men, children, and families. Catherine magically combines her compassion, experience, and talent to bring listeners a show that's upbeat, informative, and yes, a little sassy. Tune in every Wednesday at 7 a.m. Pacific Time, 10 a.m. Eastern to the Catherine Zox Show on the Voice America channel. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com. You are listening to Good Morning New York, Real Estate with Vince Rocco. If you want to call into the program, we're toll-free in North America at 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. Or send an email to vrocco at bluerealtygroup.com. That's vrocco at blurealtygroup.com. Now, back to the show. Okay, welcome back, everybody. Uh, we're talking to Justina Zika, Parul Brombat, and Niall Lundgren, uh, very um, top agents in our field here in Manhattan. And I wanted to get back to that the question we were um, asked before the break, how do you find buyers? So, um, Niall, I like what you said about you know not necessarily being so specific, but just kind of keeping yourself open and aware to everything and everybody in Manhattan. I do the same thing in my business because you really never know where you're going to get your next lead from. But yep. But in general, though, I mean, do you do any of you really kind of specifically look for a high end or a wealthy client? I mean, listen, I think we all would love to do that. But do you target certain areas or certain people or or geographies within the city to find the higher net worth individual or you just kind of let it happen organically when it does? Yeah, I think I think that's that's a good question. I mean, I think right on along the path of what you're saying is that it can happen anywhere. So. You know, as a real estate agent, you want to get into the best and biggest markets and meet the biggest people that you can. So if if you are doing that, besides just being anywhere in New York and literally keeping your head on a swivel, you know, it, it could be going to, you know, uh, events along Fifth Avenue or Madison Avenue um, or right. even just going shopping at high-end places. And, you know, I love fashion. That's something that I'm into. So I'm generally in, in locations like that where I'm just talking to people and just sparking conversations um, and I think that's a pretty good way to, to meet people. 
Justina, I would, uh, I would agree with that. Uh, I would very much say that um, you know we do have limited time, and as much as you really can meet just about anybody anywhere, um, you know, to, to spend some of your time strategically in in places that you know that there that is a possibility of of higher net worth individuals um, or joining those sorts of associations is certainly helpful. Um, I think a lot of it is also just being natural, however, um, with your own personal interests, whether it be art or wine or, you know, even if it is that you enjoy being in the Hamptons, whatnot. Uh, but I, I feel that it is when you really take the time, at least for myself, I, I just sort of take my personal actual interests and then attempt to put myself in the places where those can naturally build a market of alongside people who would be of higher net worth. Yeah, I, I, I agree. And, you know, in addition to doing my own, um, my own deals and my own business, I, I, I you know, lead sales uh, agents here at my company. So we're always trying to figure out ways to best uh, find clients, let alone, you know, uh, wealthy high-end uh, individuals, but to find clients. And I guess, you know, you know, the best way to do it is to do just as you guys have been saying, put yourself out there where you feel you're going to meet the right people. You know, listen, uh, Justine, I was going to ask you, as far as competition is concerned with other agents, because, you know, we know in this marketplace, the best real estate marketplace, I think, in the world to be working, but there's so many competi- so many agents and so much competition. How do you, you know, filter through that on a daily basis, a weekly basis? I think it's um, working with the resources you you already have. I've, I've always been really big on technology and marketing, and for me, I think the most important thing is reaching out to your to the network you already have and the people you already know, so that they don't forget that you're first and foremost a really exceptional real estate agent. And you know, we're every day we're bombarded with media and news and doing our own things that you know people don't always you know have you at the top of your head, rather at their head. So you have to always market. So I do a lot of email marketing. Um, I'm quite active on social media, and I think although social media has grown so much, you know, in the past decade, and there's uh, it's actually a huge article in The Real Deal about it this month um, about how agents can use social media, I don't think agents use it always to the best advantage. You have to stay really active. Um, so I believe that's one thing I'm doing to kind of stay ahead of the competition is just to, to be in people's mind all the time and email marketing once or twice a month, um, talking about a great deal that I've done or or real estate news in New York City or any, or even a new restaurant that popped up in the neighborhood that I work in, um, just so people know that you're, you know, you're there, you're available, and you're out there working. Um, and I, I focus a lot on the Upper East Side, so I, I forget who was saying, you have to be out there, go to the museums, the restaurants, um, especially on Fifth Ave, Museum Mile, a great place to meet people. Um, but I also specifically work with a network um, that I was a part of when I was in Australia working in real estate there. Um, and they send a lot of buyers, especially from China, um, over to me. So, you're taking a page from my book, Justina. You know, the, <laughs> the social media and the email marketing campaigns are, I mean, very high on my list of <clears throat> practically daily uh, use. But we're going to talk a lot more about that, and I'll have you guys come back again uh, in a couple of weeks. The entire show is going to be dedicated to social media. It's getting quite a lot of uh, press lately, and it does work. You're absolutely correct. Niall, what what do you see? Um, what neighborhood do you see in your business on a daily or weekly basis that seems to be popping up more than than the next? I mean, what what seems to be popular in your client set right now? Tribeca, yeah. Chelsea, West Village, and why? That's, that's a good question. Um, in in general, some of the latest deals that I've closed 
have been on the Upper East Side. Um, I think because of the Second Avenue uh, subway line that's going to be coming in, a lot of a lot of folks are are kind of driving towards you know being um, east of that in order to to capitalize um, on the future returns down the line. Um, when we're talking about more international buyers, I think right. it's you know what I'm seeing is uh, Central Park South um, in Central Park West are, are some of the the big areas where you know I'm, I'm leading um, you know buyers to, and I think they all want to be there because of the, the park, because of the shopping, uh, etc. Yeah, interesting Central Park West because there aren't a lot of condos on CPW. So I'm in- curious to know why they would want to. I mean, obviously, you know, for being uh, so close to the park and, and having a great address, it's not a great place, I would think, for the investor uh, to live. And the Upper East Side, interesting because the Second Avenue subway I was showing over there a couple of, about a week ago, and it's really a mess. But I guess you know, ultimately, as you said, down the road when that's finished, it's going to increase the values of those apartments. Uh, co-ops or condos, and so that people are using some foresight to to look ahead. Parul, you work in a great office, and it's 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 storefront, street front. Uh, get a lot of people walking back and forth. I, I love that office. Do you find a walk-ins uh, from an international set, or is it basically just neighborhood people in the Chelsea area? That's a great question. Um, it's amazing. Um, we cer- certainly find an eclectic group of people walk through the door. Uh, just last week, uh, I had a couple who was uh, Australian, uh, who I, in fact, am now working with, who were, were walk-ins. So I think it's, that's just a very tangible, immediate example of really being a great location and having a great window front office. Uh, a storefront office has been has, has definitely been very rewarding, and we certainly do see international buyers walk in. Yeah, we have uh, Blue Realty, my company, we have uh, a storefront on Riverside Boulevard, and, you know, that uh, landscape over there really lends itself to the uh, international buyers. So we see a lot of people walking in uh, who, you know, are from foreign lands and who want to purchase and or rent, uh, you know, the higher-end properties that that are available on that boulevard. So it's interesting how the storefront makes a difference in some cases. You know, there's a, a new group of well-to-do buyers that's quickly gaining momentum in New York. It's the under-40 multimillionaires. And are are these buyers concerned with status and amenities more, or more interested in quality and character or privacy? What what have that's, you guys seen? That is very interesting. Um, that tends to be a fairly natural market for me to work in. Um, I have a, a, some very successful, wonderful friends who are, the you know, of the quote-unquote dot-com movement. And uh, what I really very much see is actually the opposite of, of what you would call the status-driven um, mindset of even perhaps the international buyer more often than not. Uh, these guys really are very much, in fact, wanting great spaces, but specifically in very low-key buildings. So they, in fact, don't want a, in a, at least an external obvious show of wealth. What they really want is something that is almost has a San Francisco vibe to it, you know, something that's just kind of, um, or, or even like the early 90s, unmarked door where you walk into a place and then behind this, this unassuming facade is this incredible space. And I really think that those are the spaces that are speaking to that buyer. I agree. I've been seeing that too. And, you know, it reminds me of the days of John Kennedy Jr., you know, when you looked down in Tribeca at 20 North Moore Street, I think, was his address. And, you know, it looked like a, a factory, and it was a steel door, and you never knew what was behind that. 
Uh, and I happened to be in that building a couple of times. And the apartments, as you just said, can be magnificent. I mean, you just don't know what's behind them. And I'm also agreeing with that because I'm seeing that in my business as well. The, the you know, nondescript kind of place. I, I think I, getting back to Tribeca again, I think that's why that neighborhood became what it became because people really wanted to live lavishly and comfortably, but they didn't want to be showy about it. Do you, you Justina, uh, Niall, do you see this in your in your business too, that, you know, these multimillionaires under 40 and regardless of, of you know, what they do for a living, is this something you're seeing also that they're, they're more concerned with character and privacy than, you know, the outlandish amenities and, and the showy addresses, et cetera? Yeah, I think the biggest, I just closed a deal last week and the biggest criteria was that um, my buyers didn't want more than six apartments on the floor. So, you know, right in line with what you guys are talking about, I, I completely agree. Nondescript buildings, generally in co-ops where there's high owner occupancy, um, where, where they're not, you know, publicized or, you know, people, there's a million people on your floor. It's very, um, yeah. calm and, and nondescript, I think is, is what a lot of these, uh, these people are going for. And I think that's also um, quite a lot about the neighborhood. I've been working um, a lot lately in the West Village, um, and it seems that a lot of these individuals, in addition to wanting character and something a little bit more private, they want a neighborhood from that's close to within walking distance to work that has a lot of character, cafes, um, places where they could go out and meet friends um, that aren't as busy and bustling as, as other parts of, of Manhattan. What about schools? Do schools play a, a major role? I mean, I, mean, I know in, in a different uh, sector of, of the, the buyer population out there, schools are very important. But in this, this new what we're calling multimillionaires under 40, does the school and choices of schools steer them in, 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 in certain neighborhoods or not? I mean, how is that affecting these purchasers? I would say that uh, for in my experience, most of the people I've been working with aren't quite at the place where uh, they are starting families. And, uh, so it's not the largest criteria with that specific group, um, it, it, at least in my experience. Um, I think neighborhood and character, just to kind of exactly echo uh, what my, my fellow panelists have said here, um, I would say are the driving factors for, those, for that specific demographic. Okay, guys, we have to uh, go to break again. I want to thank you uh, for joining me this morning, and uh, I will be talking to you hopefully again in the future. Have a great day, and um, do some deals. Thanks, <laughs> Thanks so much. I'm here with all, Ben. Talk to you soon. Thank you. Bye-bye. Stimulating talk it gets those synapses in the brain inspired really fast. All the time. The number one Internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com. Put Blue Realty Group to work for you. Blue Realty Group is a full-service luxury real estate brokerage firm in Manhattan. With our global reach, unrivaled marketing capabilities, and veteran team, Blue serves some of the world's most exclusive and high-profile buyers and sellers. Visit us today at BlueRealtyGroup.com. At Blue Realty Group, we feel that people matter and results count. Our mission with you is to meet and deliver expectations to drive the results you want. We're ready now. Visit BlueRealtyGroup.com. That's B-L-U-RealtyGroup.com. 
Do the adventures of Indiana Jones leave you curious about this exotic and unusual profession? If so, don't miss Indiana Jones, Myth, Reality, and 21st Century Archaeology with Dr. Joseph Schuldenrein. You'll learn about forensics, ancient civilizations, and human origins. Listen to Dr. Schuldenrein and colleagues discuss their excavations and related archaeological topics, ranging from the unique to the sublime, and yes, even the mundane. Indiana Jones, Myth, Reality, and 21st Century Archaeology, live Wednesday, 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific Time, on Voice America Variety. Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio. VoiceAmerica.com You are listening to Good Morning New York, Real Estate with Vince Rocco. If you want to call into the program, we're toll-free in North America at 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. Or send an email to vrocco at bluerealtygroup.com. That's V Rocco at BLU Realty Group.com. Now, back to the show. Okay, everybody, welcome back. Thank you. So, we have an email question um, that just came across from Lisa in New York. She says, I love the show so far. Well, thank you. Um, so, how long does it take to buy an apartment in New York, specifically in the West Village? Well, <laughs> of all neighborhoods to ask that question. So, the West Village today is extremely uh, on, hot and on fire. In fact, uh, I'm with a buyer who wants a one-bedroom apartment. Um, she's got a budget up to about million one, million two. We saw an apartment at a, a beautiful building. Uh, the asking price is a million two ninety-five. We lost in a bidding war because the we offered a million four, but we lost that to somebody who bid higher. So you can just imagine, in the condo market in the West Village, it's the toughest marketplace right now. One and two-bedroom apartments come on the market and they literally fly off. So Lisa. Be prepared if you want to start looking for an apartment in that neighborhood. It's going to take some um, diligence and it's going to take some patience. But you know what? The patient people will always win. It's a great place to be uh, downtown, but uh, it's also a very popular place to be. All right, so we're winding down the uh, segment today, and I wanted to just talk about a couple of um, news stories, not necessarily real estate related. We're calling it at the top of the day, and starting next week, it'll be at the front of the program, not the end of the program. But, for example, a New Jersey teenager who was apparently obsessed with One World Trade Center, you know, the new World Trade Center building going up, managed to gain access to the building in the middle of the night, climb to the top and take pictures, according to the New York Port Authority police. 16-year-old Justin Quasquillo of Weehawken is charged with misdemeanor trespassing. That could be very dangerous. When you think about the landscape of Central Park, you think of rolling hills, great lawn, frolicking in flowers, but water is also a major part of this park. Water makes up almost 20% of the park and covers 150 acres of the total 800 acres in Central Park. That was something I didn't know about. I mean, I knew there's lots of water there, but I didn't realize it took up that much space. A driver is facing charges after an out-of-control SUV crashed through a fence and ended up on a Q subway train in Brooklyn mid last week. None of the passengers on the Q line were injured, and they were evacuated off the train near the Beverly Road station. Very, very serious here. The latest public art installation in New York City won't be hard to find. Two 15-foot-tall Clydesdale horseheads made of hundreds of pieces of steel made their debut Friday morning in Bryant Park. They are the creation of world-renowned artist Andy Scott. 
The horse heads are replicas of the world's largest pair of horse statues found in Scotland, and they're known as the Kelpies. They, their name comes from the mythological water horses of the region. And here's something very important. Every parent needs to know about the Twitter page called at LI Party Stories. High school students from across Nassau and Suffolk counties are posting pictures of themselves drinking under age and doing inappropriate things. The most unsettling part is that the account has more than 22,000 followers. The pictures posted on the feed are so crude and inappropriate that news stations had to blur most of them out of their reports. That's kind of sad. And parents, please beware. All right. So now that we've talked about the most expensive apartments on the luxury market this week, here are some of the cheapest listings in town. At 530 Manhattan Avenue, which is in central Harlem and Morningside Heights, an apartment on the market for $179,000. Hard to believe after we talk about $23 million and $50 million, etc. 660 St. Nicholas Avenue in Hamilton Heights, there's an apartment for $199,000. And at 900 West 190th Street in Hudson Heights, there's an apartment on the market for $205,000. I thought it would be interesting to kind of highlight those because I haven't seen prices like that actually probably before I even started in real estate. Um, anyway, the Manhattan residential market saw a shrinking number of apartments for sale in 2013 amid intense activity in the luxury sector. The number of apartments for sale hit a 14-year low this past year, largely because developers had failed to initiate new condo projects during the downturn. But even though, as we've talked about today, the luxury market is on fire, asking prices reached new heights, several record-setting condo deals are in contract north of $90 million. I mean, I I just find these numbers, and I'm in the business, I just find these numbers incredible. The outer boroughs, Brooklyn, Queens, Staten Island, Bronx, saw similar positive trends overall. Brooklyn, as a matter of fact, saw its medium home price up 11% by the end of 2013 compared to the previous year. 2014 continues to see growth and luxury at an all-time high. So, you know, with all of that said, it's a very robust market, as our agents on the panel talked about today. You know, people from all walks of life, including the high-end, uh, high-net-worth individuals, Americans or foreigners, are out there buying in New York City. The problem, to underscore, is really a severe lack of inventory. And I know from being in the business myself and taking clients out, as I was yesterday, uh, around the Midtown East, um, Upper East, and uh, Chelsea neighborhoods, the problem is really there's not much to show. Now, we can walk around and complain about that, but the simple fact of the matter is it's true. So you've got to be very smart in your uh, searches. You've got to be especially sharp, and we're going to talk all about this in coming weeks, very sharp about um, how you negotiate because what's important is getting the deal and getting the deal done for your client than anything else. And they kind of, you know, rely on you to get that done, especially when markets are hot like this. And again, as Perul had mentioned earlier, you know, referrals in our business are really how we make our deals and how we make our money. So all of this stuff is really, really very important. Um, anyway, that's our show for today. I want to thank you for joining me. As I said earlier, um, I'm excited to be with you every Monday morning, starting at nine Eastern. Uh, 6 a.m. Pacific, live on the Variety Channel here on the Voice America Network. You can always catch the show later in the day or anytime on our website, voiceamerica.com. You can call me and you can tweet me, uh, at Vince Rocco. Until next time, I'm your host, Vince Rocco. Make it a great day. Thanks, everybody. (laughs) 
Thanks for tuning in this week. Please join us for another edition of Good Morning New York Real Estate with Vince Rocco next Monday at 9 a.m. Eastern Time, 6 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Here's hoping all of your transactions are successful ones. We'll be right back.